Well, hello, friends. I am so excited to do another podcast with you guys today. So today we're talking about stewarding your kids. We're still in the stewarding your family. Last week we talked about how to steward your marriage. This week we're going to talk about how to steward your kids. I am super passionate about this this particular topic. Um, it's a huge passion of mine. I have two children. I have a two and a half year old daughter and a two, almost three month old son, and we are just loving it. But I have some pet peeves, so I'm going to try not to rant today, but actually just share with you guys what is on my heart. Um, we're talking about stewardship. We're in a stewardship series. What stewarding means. If you want to go back and listen to the introduction, we kind of go over some of the definitions of what stewardship is. And so today it's on stewarding your children. There are six areas, um, main areas where I fully believe we are called as Christian mothers to steward our children well. Um, the first is They're in no particular order. Um, It's just random, but sleep, nutrition, emotions, minds, discipline, and then the most important one is the spiritual edification and education of our children. And so I'm going to start with talking about like their bodies and they're just so little and so sweet and so just filled with energy (laughs) a lot of the times. But As children's bodies grow, they need certain things, right? Our bodies, even as adults, need certain things. As adults, when we are not getting enough sleep and we're not getting enough nutrition or hydration, we get moody and we get cranky. How many of us can raise our hands and say that we've been hangry before? Um, I definitely can raise my hand on that just about every day. (laughs) But when we don't get enough sleep as adults or eat enough or drink enough, it definitely affects how we behave. We become more selfish, more me-focused, irritable, cranky. We can snap at our children. We can snap at our spouses. Why would we expect our children to do anything different? So if our kids are not getting enough sleep, they're not getting enough nutrition, enough enough, um, hydration, how can we expect them to be obedient and acting in that obedience. Children are no different than us. They have a sin nature. So we don't need to hear, don't hear me saying that this solves all the problems because it doesn't. They have a sin nature. So kids are inherently going to try to sin and lie and manipulate and all these different things. It's built in with them until they receive salvation, in which case that sin nature dies. We are teaching at this point our children not to be rebellious or disobedient. I, Like I said, I have a a two-and-a-half-year-old, and she is definitely in a testing boundaries phase, and disobedience is one of the things that we're working on with her, not listening when we listen. But while we are still working on that, and I'll talk about discipline later in the podcast, but while we're still working on those things and teaching her, it is way, way, way easier for her to listen when her physical body is taken care of, when she's not overtired, when she's not hungry, when she has had the a- adequate stimulation and isn't overstimulated. So my point in this podcast is not to say that doing all these things will create 
super obedient children and that ADHD doesn't exist or different things like that. My point in this podcast to say is we as mothers can do better. We can make certain priorities a actual priority for our family to raise them better. We can choose to prioritize bedtime over going out or having fun and just recognizing the season that we're in. We can choose what foods to feed our children, whether they are empty calories, full of sugar, full of carbs, or if we're going to give them nutritious foods where it's a balance of all of the above, a balance of fat, protein, carbohydrates, and everything that your body, your children's bodies needs to fuel them. Are you giving them a ton of sugar? Are they eating a ton of food with dyes in it? Dyes are directly linked a lot of the times to behavioral issues. And so we can choose whether we offer good food or bad food. And even for picky eaters, we are the ones that choose what they eat, not our children. And teaching them that this is what mommy made. This is what is on the menu for tonight. We're not making anything different. And your kids will learn to eat or not eat. And this does not go into any kind of special needs. I know there are children who are autistic that need that. It's just a different thing or sensory issues. That's just a whole different dynamic. I'm not talking about that. I personally don't have any experience to speak to that, but I'm talking about children at home that um, are not on the spectrum per se. Uh, So that is super key. But emotional is another one. We need to pay attention to our children's emotional needs, whether they are getting enough mommy time, whether they're getting enough daddy time, whether they're getting enough family time all together, because there's a difference between one-on-one father-daughter time and one-on-one mother-daughter time or father-son, mother-son time. Um, and then there's a different need that family time itself um, fills in our children. What fills your child's love tank? Pay attention to how they respond to things. Does your child like to cuddle? Do they respond to positive affirmations? Do they um, respond to quality time? Filling their love tank is going to make it so much easier for them to resist their sin nature. And that's what we're teaching them. We're teaching our children to resist their sin nature so that they can rise above and they can choose to be obedient and they can choose to put under that desire to be selfish, that desire to be disobedient and to exert their will Um Because that's what we want them to be as believers. We want them to put their sin nature under and exert, not exert their will, but use their life to grow God's will and live in God's will. So one thing we started doing with our daughter is when she's having a really emotional time, like an emotional meltdown, not a rebellious tantrum. um, But when she's having an emotional meltdown over something that she's sad about, we ask her if she needs a hug. Or if she needs help calming down. Um, and sometimes she'll say yes. And sometimes she'll say no. Um, but in that emotional moment, we're trying to ask her what her needs are. We're not assuming what they are. But we want to teach her to learn to tell us what she needs. 
And so she more often than not will say, yes, she needs a hug and she'll get a hug and we'll cuddle for a minute. And then she's off playing, doing her own thing um, and back or back to asking for a snack. (laughs) But that is one of the huge ways we steward our children is through their emotions. The other thing is their minds. And a lot of these are going to overlap, right? They're going to connect. If our children are getting enough sleep, their brains are developing properly. If our children are getting enough nutrition, their brains are developing properly. If they're feeling loved through their emotional health, their minds are going to be feeling properly. But one of the things I want to point out in stewarding our children's mind is that boredom is wonderful for kids. Boredom teaches our children to be creative. It teaches them to make things up, to entertain themselves, to find things. So boredom for children is a good thing. Handing a child a screen constantly is very detrimental to your child. And I don't say this to be condemning, but the truth is we have to do better. We cannot just give our child a a screen at the dinner table to entertain them so we can have a pleasant meal, especially like particularly in restaurants. My husband and I try to use very, very limited screen time. We don't use it to keep busy. We don't use it to as a substitute for parenting our children as far as like doing the things like if you're out and about and if you're in a public place or anything like that and your kid's about to melt down, handing them a screen. That's just a big no in our home. We have set amount of time that we will let her watch screens. Typically, I will let her watch something educational or spiritually edifying at dinner time while I'm making dinner so that she is not constantly asking me for something or I know where she is and I know she's not getting into something she's not supposed to. But when we let our kids be bored, it gives them time to create. You'll you'll notice your children will start singing random songs that don't actually exist. They'll just start making things up. Um, they'll start telling you stories that they thought of and just different things that causes them to be creative. We're finding, we're having a generation that is being less creative because they're being taught to be less creative and they're not having time to sit and be bored. The other thing that this is going to teach them when you, you can um, teach your kids to sit and be bored and not feel like they have to fill the space, fill the gaps, like fill the boredom with stuff is when they're old enough to sit and hear from the Lord they're going to be able to sit and hear from the Lord. They're going to be able to sit and wait on him versus just trying to fill that space because the Lord often talks to us in the silence and in the stillness. And so if we're not teaching our kids to be still and then just embrace not being busy and not keeping your mind busy, but actually being a little bored, it is teaches them later that they can stop and listen to the Lord versus constantly fighting this busyness in their minds. And so that is also something that we're teaching them for later. That boredom is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a chance to be creative. It's a chance to listen to the Lord and what he has to say. Um, But stewarding your child's mind is also, whether you homeschool or not, um, You can't rely on the school systems to educate your kid. 
you have to teach them what is true at home, especially these days. Our school systems are not always teaching our children what is actually factual, which is a little bit scary. And I'm not going to dive too deep into that today. But the truth is we as parents have a role. And like I said, whether you homeschool or not, you cannot rely on the school system to teach your children everything. Um, spelling, okay. Math, okay. But history, different things, you should still be having conversations in your home about those things and talking to your kids about what they're learning at school if they're if you're not homeschooling and if they're going to school to actually like gauge what they are learning. Um, discipline. This one is such a hard topic to cover because there is so much about what is right and what is wrong. So much information out there and so much false information out there on how to discipline your children. There, over the last few years, um, you've seen a society and a generation that was told if you spank your kids, you're going to damage them. They'll be more aggressive. They'll be uh, all these different things. And the truth is there is actually a biblical way to discipline your children. There is part of their spiritual edification, and we are required to teach our children respect and honor. It is part of our Christian duty as parents to teach our children how to respect and honor adults, authority, the Lord. Um, We are required to discipline when they begin to act out rebellious or dishonorably. Um, This varies depending on your child's age. And it's going to be different for every child. What works for one is not going to work for another. They always, they may respond differently, but a great resource that my husband and I, um, really, really love is what the Bible says about child training by Richard Fugate. And this book goes through scriptures, um, on what exactly the Bible says about training your children, because the Bible actually talks quite a bit about how we should train our children. It's the, it's very countercultural to what the culture says today about how to discipline. The culture today is so worried about children's self-esteem, but the truth is when you're not raising your child in that discipline, they need us to teach them. They, they, children want us to teach them and to give them boundaries and it helps them grow and feel safe and secure. And so when we let this loosey goosey, like, Oh, we're not going to spank. We're just going to talk and have a conversation or, you know, we're just going to talk really softly about this and never say anything negative or anything like that. We're not actually teaching them. And like I said, every child's going to respond differently. Some may respond to just words. Some may not respond to just words. Personally, as a child, I was a child that did not just respond to words. So if my parents were to say, oh, we're so disappointed in you, I would have been like, okay, cool. Let me do that again because I didn't really get in trouble. So the fact that my parents spanked me was very good. Now I had a sister who did not seem to need a spankings because when my parents would say they were disappointed in her, that was all the punishment she needed to make corrections. And so it's very different depending on the child, but there is a biblical way of doing it. And so I challenge you guys to get the book, read it. It's Tons and tons of information, too much for me to cover in one short podcast, but 
It is so good and such a great resource. Let, let's be real. Discipline is not the fun part of parenting. But because we discipline while they're young, we can then enjoy more the later years of parenting. So we put in the work now and then later as they are teenagers and they need less training, it is more fun to be parents um, with your kids. And so the best thing you can do about anything, though, in life, and you'll hear me say this over and over and over again, I live by this philosophy, is that the best thing you can do about anything in life is ask the Holy Spirit and then listen to what he says and do it. So if you're trying to figure out what is working for a child, what's not working for a child in discipline, if you're having behavior issues, stop going to Google, stop talking to random people. You have to be very careful who you talk to about things, but talk to the Holy Spirit. Find out what he has to say about it, because guess what? He knows your child better than you ever will, and he knows what's going to work for them, and he knows the heart behind everything. So 100%, if you are trying to figure out how to handle a situation with a specific, like a child's behavior or different things, ask the Holy Spirit. And then listen to what he says and do it and ask the Holy Spirit for courage, strength and wisdom in this time, because it is so, so, so huge and so impactful that we are actually disciplining our children and doing it the way that the Lord desires and not just looking to the world to find out what they should think. Yes, seek godly counsel and wisdom from mothers who have been there. And who are going to point you back to the Lord, not just tell you, oh, yeah, you need to do this or that. That just follows the world. So that is huge when it comes to disciplining. Like I said, disciplining your children is part of their spiritual edification. But there is way more that we are called to do as parents that has to deal with spiritual edification. So we're going to talk about that next. Church on Sunday is not enough. It's not enough. It's not enough to offset the hours that your kids are at school with other people influencing them. Those three to four hours a week do not outweigh those hours at school at all. They don't. And even if your kids are at home, the three to four hours a week don't outweigh all the other hours during the week where you're not teaching your children about the Lord. So you must be pouring into your kids spiritually at home. And I I believe this is a role for both mothers and fathers, but I'm only speaking to mothers today. So one thing that we do is we read the Bible with Lily every single day. We have built this into her bedtime routine. We don't typically read other books at night. Like before she goes to bed, we just read her the Bible. So we're not reading storybooks. We're just reading her the Bible. We've taught her the power of prayer and not just prayer at mealtimes or bedtimes, but to pray for her friends Or the kid she sees crying at the store. So if there's another child melting down, I mean, kids know it, right? They pick up on it. Lily will always tell me, oh, friend's crying. And so I'll be like, okay, yeah, your friend's crying. We should pray for them really fast because they're having a bad day. And just make it a quick prayer on the go. But we're teaching our kids how to build this into their daily lives. Like not just the morning prayer, not just the morning quiet time, but like every aspect of their day. Um, and so every night too, we speak affirmations over Lily before she goes to bed 
and they're straight from the scripture and we're teaching her to speak life over herself and speak life over her body and mind and spirit every single day. Um, but bringing the Lord into every aspect of their lives as children, like I said, at the grocery store, when they see another kid crying and they are like genuinely concerned, we teach them to pray or they see a friend fall down at the playground and get hurt. We, we teach them to pray for their friends and for their people. We teach them to pray before meals. Um, we teach like we teach them everything. That's our role as parents. We are not supposed to put this off on the church. We're not supposed to put this off on anyone else to edify our children. That is something we are supposed to do as parents. And so bringing the Lord into every aspect of their lives as littles will teach them to do that themselves when they're older. Um, Children understand more than we give them credit for. You do not have to have some dumbed down program or some program that you think is just is just age appropriate. It has to be, you can do age appropriate things. Obviously we want to do that, but you can also just read the Bible straight to your kids. Um, we have a children's Bible, but we also will read her straight from the new King James or the ESV version of the Bible or whatever version you're using. But that is huge. And so the last thing I just want to recommend as far as stewarding your family, and I think this is such a crucial way to steward your kids, are family mealtimes. And so family mealtimes are a great, easy time to implement all the things we talked about. <laughs> Nutrition, checking in on your kids emotionally, mind, spiritually. Um, mealtimes are a great time to Add in prayer, conversations about the Lord. You can even do your Bible reading with your kids then because then it's a whole family experience. Um, if you're a working mom, stay-at-home mom, doesn't matter. At least one meal together as a family is so crucial in the development of our children. And so it is easier to say than to do, I get it. Sometimes we're super, super busy and we don't get to sit down and have a meal, but be intentional, whether that's breakfast, lunch, or dinner to sit down together as a family, all of you, husband, wife, kids, if you're a single mom, sit down with your kids and pray together, eat together, laugh together throughout the scriptures. It shows so much of people sitting down to meals together. And I really think there's something so important about having a meal as a family and the connection that comes when you do that with others and fellowshipping with your family. So that is really all I wanted to share today. I am so excited that you guys are enjoying this. Make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss any of the episodes. And I'm really excited to talk to you guys again next week.